Hey guys, welcome to Peepo, a podcast where we talk about our personal experiences and personal opinions. I'm Annie. I'm Nancy. And I'm Dennis. We're a group of friends that like to hang out with each other and talk about life. We wanted to create this podcast to be able to share our stories and experiences with you. Peepo stands for personal experiences and personal opinions. Our promise to you is to be honest and authentic to the best of our capabilities. Through this podcast, we hope to learn more about each other and ourselves. Hey guys, welcome back to People. If you are a returning listener, thank you so much for coming back. Uh, We're really happy to have you guys here. And if you're a new listener, welcome. We really hope that you enjoy your stay and that you'll tag along with us for our next episodes. It's been quite a while since we last got together. Yeah, it's been a while. Yeah. And uh, we actually all have new jobs now. We do. Yeah. So for me, uh, I jumped from sales to IT, specifically project management. Still within the same company, though. Okay. How do you like your new job? Uh, It's great. It's more pay. I get a bonus again. Even Uh though I was in sales, I didn't get a bonus. And it's 100% work from home. Wow. So, okay, what's your favorite part then about your new job? Uh, It's 100% work from home. (laughs) Very Great answer. All right, Nancy? Mine is not that exciting. I just got promoted. So instead of staying in one location, Mm -hmm. I just travel around to different locations, but doing primarily the same thing. Got it. Okay. And do you have a favorite part about the job or leaving this location that I'm currently (laughs) working at? Okay. (laughs) Did you, did you want to go into detail a little bit? Not for right now, but I definitely maybe will go into it later on. (laughs) Well, what about you? So, um, I actually no longer work at the same company as Dennis and Nancy anymore. Ooh. I know. Yeah. Actually, it's a great thing. (laughs) Not because I didn't like working with them. But well, mainly it was Nancy that I was working with, not really Dennis, because like he was in a different department. But um, I actually left our company at the end of September, I believe it was. Quite an interesting story, actually. Yeah, I still remember that day when you told us. Yeah, I'm not going to lie. I actually got fired, but I think it worked out in my favor because I was going to quit anyways. Yeah, you really weren't liking this job at all. Yeah, it was a really hard job for me just because I mean our job primarily revolves around like corporate world and sales for sure as well and I I didn't like that um and it was really hard navigating with um specifically my manager and understanding what to do with her you know and just how to I guess really do my work I guess the work environment for you two wasn't exactly the most ideal workplace no yeah the the work environment was definitely interesting I, well, I don't really know if toxic <laughs> is a way to put it, but it was kind of, I guess. It's okay. We're, you know, this is, what, year two into the pandemic. We have this whole great resignation thing, mm. and it's just a lot of people changing their careers and the workforce and everything, so it's okay. A lot of people are coming out and explaining how bad things are at their jobs yep. and how, you know, things are probably getting taken too far. So, if, yeah. like, it's okay. There's tons of stories out there, and I think yours is one of the more interesting ones, <laughs> especially around this time compared to other people. Yes. So, pretty much, I'll, I'll share a little bit with, like, why I got fired and how it's 
kind of an interesting story as Dennis was saying, but pretty much uh, I got fired because of like work political reasons, I would say. Uh, it wasn't necessarily revolving with procedures that are or like protocols. I mean, the grounds for the reasoning as for the termination was right, quote unquote, due to procedures. Right. But we being all know in this that. industry, yeah, like we know <laughs> that there's also in terms of management, how much they would, you know, go out for you and, and try to keep you in this role. Right. Uh-huh. So basically to just kind of like sum it up, if anything that we said just didn't make sense right now is your managers would back you up if they wanted to. And in my case, they didn't. And it was just kind of like HR is going to do their thing. Yeah. And if you don't say anything, then they're just going to continue. But yeah, it, it had to do with um, COVID actually. Last year, uh, around this time actually, I caught COVID and then I was still being asked to go into work. And then I ended up filing a report to the LA Health Department, LA County Health Department. And um, it's because if you catch COVID, they have to do like contract tracing and they ask you all these questions regarding about like when you were last at work mm-hmm. and then uh, what your symptoms were and like whatever. Mm-hmm. And so uh, basically with all those questions, of course, I was going to answer truthfully. Right. And um, eventually that just kind of led to them finding out that I was going to work still, even though I was showing symptoms, although I was not confirmed positive yet. Right. Um, but mm-hmm. before all this, like if you continue further in your story, you did tell them that like you were coughing. Oh, right? yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. These symptoms similar to or, right wait, actually no COVID symptoms yeah right? so it was essentially COVID symptoms um it's really interesting if you guys um are curious about COVID symptoms obviously CDC has a list of symptoms online that you can look at and pretty much like like you don't really realize that it's COVID until the moment that you catch it if that makes sense because the thing with COVID versus like the flu, COVID really makes you feel like you got hit by a bus. At least that's how it felt like for me. That's what they say, right? Yeah. yeah. And like, I just remember that weekend. So I caught COVID or I started showing symptoms on like a Tuesday. And then by the time Friday or something, like the weekend came around, I just remember I felt like extremely dead. Um, and it was like, it was showing and I, I feel bad because I was still going to work. But at the time, I had no idea that like it was positive. And you also did tell them like, hey, I'm coughing. And you tried to call it a work. But your right. managers were giving you grief about it. Yep, yep. And making you feel bad. Yeah. So pretty much long story short, it, it it's hard to call off of work. Um, specifically at my branch. I don't know why, but it's just like pulling teeth and it's really like awkward. And so I thought like, OK, well, this is a legitimate reason this time around. I'm definitely showing symptoms of being sick and there's signage like literally everywhere saying that like if you're like coughing if you don't feel good then like you're supposed to stay home um but they were telling me to come in and I just wasn't comfortable with it so um yeah I stayed home I insisted to stay home and then anyways everything went downhill and then like fast forward like a couple months later OSHA ended up coming in into our work and uh they wanted to interview me and basically the guy that was interviewing me was just asking me like, okay, so like, is it true that your manager was pissed when you try to call off from work? And I was like, Mm -hmm. yes. Like he didn't say pissed, but he was just, you know, different Mm -hmm. adjective, whatever. Yeah. Yeah. And I was like, yep. She (laughs) was like definitely mad. And I told him, I was like upfront. I said, I just didn't feel comfortable. And on top of that, I know they definitely didn't sanitize my um, workstation. Which, yeah, you were doing at this Mm -hmm. time period during COVID, we were doing two separate teams going in yeah so there would be another person at your workstation right because we would be rotating after yeah yeah so i i knew that it wasn't 
sanitize. And the thing is, like, they totally could have sanitized our entire, like, workstation during the weekends when we're not um, operating during business hours, right. but they didn't. Well, when we're talking about sanitize, too, we're not talking about, like, getting your own wet wipes and wiping right. down. This we're talking like about professional, entire. like, sanitizing. Right, because they... Like they've actually done that for um, quite a few locations of um, the the company that um, yeah mine as yeah. well when we we had a scare we thought that like yeah this came in and I thought and it was everything. like pretty yeah. contradictory of my managers because they were basically saying like oh my gosh you guys if you're feeling sick don't come into work but they still wanted me to come into work and I was like hello excuse me <laughs> like right. I don't understand and it doesn't make sense because you would really like risk somebody coming into work sick only to find out that they had covid but also on top of that when you are sick your managers ask you like or not your managers ask you but you're not supposed to be going into work it's supposed to be like where you stay home right Right. yeah and (laughs) i love that your manager one of them Mm -hmm. after all of this getting mad at you for trying to call off Mm. then to say and blame you now yes that they are what was it again um so basically or something i'm sorry but they were like if anyone were to get sick it would be yeah yeah so we were having a conversation over text about me being sick because i had to report to both my managers about like my symptoms and basically keep them up to date of uh how i was feeling and everything and then i tried asking them like oh is is the brunch okay is everyone at work okay still right so Pretty much with the text messages, I was going back and forth with uh, both my managers and they wanted to keep in touch with me to um, help them be updated with my symptoms and everything. Pretty much to figure out when you can come back. Right. Pretty much to figure out when I could come back. And I, FYI, I went back to work 10 days later, Mm -hmm. um, which is the minimum requirement um, for you to like quarantine at home and stuff if you're sick. And I had asked them within like over text message during that time period. I was like, oh, has anybody been like, sanitizing like my workstation at you know at work and has the whole branch been like you know cleaned properly and one of my managers was like oh if anything we should be concerned we've been like standing six feet apart from you guys at all times and just a whole bunch of other like which isn't the case also because there's time periods where we requires them to be so close to us yeah like sometimes they're impossible to be six feet apart but I thought the the way that your your office location is set up, it's kind of tight. Yeah, like, and hence it's where impossible. everyone's like next to each other. Right, like, it's a little bit hard because like our workstations are next to each other, which is why we were also working on like separate teams. However, like sometimes we still need like um, assistance from like our managers for um, yeah, just, like certain right, um, right. work related right. things. But what gets to me also is the fact that you apologized on the situation happening. It's not something that you expected, you know, COVID to happen. Mm-hmm. But then the response that you were given was so like, it, it was kind of like a backhand almost. Yeah. And then yeah. on top of it, they're saying like, because if anything should be, what was it again? Like, oh, if yeah. So she was saying basically, if anything, we should be, I should be the most concerned because, um, or I guess like she, my manager was saying both her and then um, the other manager. manager at the yeah. Time. Uh-huh. Should both be the most um two people who are like concerned about like the COVID situation because they're at high risk. And I'm thinking, okay, well, that's funny that you say that because the you way weren't saying that. And your actions. Yeah. Like, by letting you go to work even when you're sick. Yeah. Like that shows otherwise. 
Yeah, it was it was pretty frustrating. And um, obviously, Dennis and Nancy know about this like the whole entire time. I even tried filing um, a report with uh, HR, but I couldn't even contact them. That, that was like the weird part. It was like a whole bunch of like different numbers that you had to key in to like get to like the next like the next set of options, you know, to see if like you could reach somebody. But anyways, so OSHA came in. Like many months later, I completely forgot about the situation. And then like they ended up fining my boss $1,500, which isn't a lot of money. But I mean, I think she has that mark on her on her records. Yeah. With the company. I think it's still a lot of money. Well, yeah, it is a lot of money, but I don't think it's a lot for her because I know she makes a lot. It's not so much about the money, but it's the fact that this gets reported to her manager right and, and then the that manager is, gets so it up there top. i've got yeah i've got ears still at the location that i used to work at and mm-hmm. i heard that like she was basically blaming me saying mm-hmm. that i never notified her that i got covid which i call bs because i have text message proof right um anyway so basically me being fired was like i i made a mistake and then i think that she just kind of my manager jumped on that opportunity and then decided to fire me. But I know that it had nothing to do with really the mistake that I made. It was just more so. It's retaliatory. Right. Because you brought it up. Right, right, right. It was really more because of the the COVID situation. Um, and I can't prove that to anybody because I don't have like physical evidence of um, her retaliating against me. But with everybody that I've told and like everybody who understands like the work environment that I was in, like we all see it. I mean, <laughs> from a stranger coming in just to ask you questions about COVID to one That's of the OSHA. last things yeah. saying that I would look for a different job if I were you. Yes. That oh my gosh, a lot, I didn't. No? Yeah. So I didn't mention that part, but the guy that was interviewing me, he was actually telling me just like, he goes off the table, but I would recommend you looking for a new job because one, you can definitely do better. And two, like I've seen too many of these like you know, work environments for, and I'm going to tell you right now that this is just not a place where you want to stay long term and it's not really a place that you can grow. So I was like, oh, okay. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Six volumes from someone Mm -hmm. who doesn't work with you at all. Right. Know you. And interestingly enough, uh, somebody from higher up actually called her branch. I I don't know if you remember, but they actually Uh, called. They were trying to to intercept (laughs) the meeting. (laughs) They're trying to intercept the meeting. And it was funny because they're like, oh, we're definitely following all CDC protocols. And then she goes on to say, are you available to have like a private conversation right now? And like he, the guy that was interviewing me, he like made eye contact with me to like wait for him outside. And I was like, all right. <laughs> but it was just kind of like funny because it was, like they're literally trying to intercept. Yeah. yeah. And he told me that like they were not happy that he was there. Right. And, and I mean, there would, if they're following all the rules and stuff, then why would there be needing like a phone call to try mm-hmm. to intercept this? Right. Yep. There's nothing to cover, right? Right, right. So there's nothing to discuss. Right. So long story short, that's why I got fired. Um, But I think the details were pretty important to the reason why I got fired. So, I mean, I felt a little mad at first because I wanted to, (laughs) I wanted to be the first one to say it. Yeah. But um, when it happened, I think I was like quite relieved too. Well, I know you said it was bittersweet that you were no longer Mm -hmm. with the company, but have you been doing anything else? After that. So um, I actually got a new job at a boba shop, which, Mm -hmm. but it's been pretty interesting. And then aside from that, I've actually started my own jewelry line and um, I'm primarily selling necklaces right now. Wow. Yep. So your necklace business 
what is an did you just add a name for it already or? yes so um it's actually called annie michelle and um it's taken after my own name right <laughs> obviously creative. what creative thank you um yeah, so it's Annie Michelle. The idea behind, basically, I want it to encompass more of like a humble lifestyle, uh, which okay. is why a lot of like the jewelry pieces are quite simple. Mm -hmm. um, and the whole point of it is that you're able to either just wear it as it is or you can like dress it up. But basically to just like celebrate like the simpleness. And I do have to say, I've seen like some of the, the jewelry designs oh, yeah. and the pictures and it matches you to a T of who you really are. And Thank like, you? if you were to wear jewelry, that is probably Thanks. what you'd wear. Yeah. Um, Cause I don't really like anything too flashy. Um, I actually quite like the dainty look of the jewelry pieces that I've been putting out. But um, I think it's also just like a reminder for myself to just don't get caught up in like the glamorous things in life because I think that's something that I do get carried away with. So it's really just for me to like a reminder for me, like, okay, this is like the type of lifestyle that like I want to focus on. So we've talked before and this is before you parted ways with the company and whatnot right mm -hmm. there was multiple things that you said you want to do such as starting a, a boba truck or nails we've never talked about you wanting to start a jewelry line i know so quite interesting it actually came up like really randomly but i was just like talking to my god godfather about like small business and whatever and i've always had like a small business idea like in the back of my head like creating something off of etsy because i think it's so fun like packaging things and just like selling your own like piece of artwork i guess like i'm too much of a chicken to be honest to like even like go forth and like start anything so it was actually my godfather's idea um for me to just like go on and like take like help him research some things initially is what it was at first and then he said okay great so we're gonna like create this and you're going to like take over i was like oh okay so he was just trying to get you to get started but <laughs> in an easier way of not making you sound like you're gonna start your own business yeah just i think so yeah i mean he's your mentor in this case so i mean yeah nudging you like and okay do this first it's like okay like you're not just like chicken without a head running around and no yeah exactly like that, and so. it actually reminded me about uh this whole podcast thing which is i have to say it was a pivotal moment for yes. all three of us because dennis was actually the one that was pushing nancy and i to um actually just like jot down ideas and like talk about like different things that we could share during our podcast so yeah dennis is kind of like the godfather <laughs> He's shaking his head right now, no. no. Um, and by the way, we will be providing a link in the description for Annie's uh, jewelry line if oh, you yes, guys are interested. Oh, yes, thank you. So if you want it... No, 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 oh, continue. Oh. I was just saying... <laughs> I, I was just shaking my head because like no one is saying, like, we'll drop a link in the description. Oh, shoot. We'll drop it was a too link. early. I wanted to get into... What materials are you using? Why is it different than oh, the other jewelry pieces? Okay. We'll drop a link in the description. So a lot of people are also starting like their small businesses and stuff around this pandemic time. Mm -hmm. And then also I know jewelry is one of like the hotter ones in the trends. Yep. So what would you say differentiates your products to other jewelry line products? Um, so I think that's a really interesting question um, that you brought up. And that's something that I definitely had to think about when I was doing my research prior to even um, just getting sample pieces and like thinking about how I was going to advertise um, just the necklace pieces that I wanted to put out there or jewelry pieces in general. But um, pretty much what differentiates my jewelry from other places is mainly the material that we use. 
So we use uh, 14 karat gold filled materials and also 925 sterling silver. So these are both materials that are not going to tarnish. Um, they're perfectly safe for people who are allergic. So they're hypoallergenic. Great. Um, and they will definitely last you a long time. So that that's kind of like the main point of the jewelry line of like what separates it. So in terms of like not going to tarnish, because I've bought, you know, like mm-hmm. costume, whatever you want to call it, costume jewelry or yeah. whatever. And they look really great until once like it starts washing my hands or something or not even like um, a costume jewelry. There was like Tiffany's necklace that oh, I've had. Really? And I took, maybe because I haven't worn it in a while, but I noticed like it the. It shouldn't. Yeah. Right. That's what I thought. Yeah. But yeah. there's like, it's so, it's like little um, pieces I feel like on the gold part mm-hmm. that's resting. Yeah, so it's interesting. So your jewelry, if it's actually like real good quality materials, it should not tarnish even like over time. So that's one of the things that I really wanted to emphasize when I was selling my jewelry because I really wanted the people that I was selling to. So initially I was selling to just friends and family when I was doing my soft launch um, at the end of that's November. the part that I've only known up to. So it's right. expanded. Oh, yes. So um, it's actually open now to the public and prices are no longer at the discounted rate that it was initially. Mm-hmm. But um, essentially, yeah, the jewelry I just wanted to emphasize on was pretty much you're buying more of quality and the material rather than, I mean, of course, the design as well, but most of like what you're paying for is going to be like the cost of the material. And with that in mind, I wanted to be able to like let people know that there is a difference between 14 karat gold filled versus like something that is coated in 14 karat gold if it's like advertised out there like those two are like very different things our jewelry that we're selling it's not going to be basically i wanted to find an in-between of something that wasn't too cheap where Mm -hmm. like the material like can tarnish and everything and like give um, allergic reactions yeah and i also didn't want to sell something that was like super high out of budget um, Mm -hmm. for people who just don't have the means to be able to buy those things Mm -hmm. so with my products they're actually right in the middle so it's anywhere from like 60s to highest right now, I'm thinking is probably around like 120. Okay. Um, but of course, like the higher the price, it would just be a more intricate design, design. right? Or it's just like with different materials, materials. on it, right? Okay. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, it's pretty interesting uh, learning about like the different materials that people use for their jewelry. And it's actually quite a lucrative business, but um, you have to be really mindful about like which products you use yeah. or buy. Right, yeah. right. So with this business on there, I'm Mm -hmm. sure you're also running into, you know, obstacles. Oh, yes. Plenty. (laughs) (laughs) Plenty, plenty. And I'm surprised because knowing you as a person, not that you can't handle obstacles. Mm -hmm. It's just that you... I don't like it. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. You would usually shy away from it. So curious to know, what are some obstacles that you ran into? And then how did you... And maybe for our listeners who are maybe starting or want to start a new business... Mm-hmm. Like, what would you say? So definitely the first obstacle I came across was really just myself. I wasn't confident with like the products that I was selling because I was really afraid that like people weren't going to like like it. And I think that like that's always just an issue with myself to be able to like take that first initial step because I don't want to fail. No, uh, like, no one wants failure. to fail. Yeah. yeah. So that was like definitely the first one. So I think like if you're going to do something, if you have an idea to do like a small business, you should just do it because it's totally OK if you fail because you're going to learn something either way. I mean, and I'll be honest with you prior to even 
Annie, you starting your you know jewelry <laughs> business. I was starting out, my, and I still am yeah. doing it with the eBay and reselling and stuff. And I I still don't want to like bring it up to like close friends or just people like that I know. It's mm-hmm. great marketing, I'm sure, uh-huh. but just because. I feel like I haven't really taken off on it yet or anything. And so yep, I know how you feel. Same thing with our podcast. Well, just to put it out there, I definitely literally just started. I actually officially launched my jewelry line December 1st or just like the first week of December, essentially. So I I feel like, I mean, while I don't have a lot of knowledge yet, I'm definitely still learning as I'm going. So hopefully what I'm learning so far can be as deep. Be of use. Sorry. Well, that, that's everyone, right? So when modest. you start something new. <laughs> yeah. But so the first obstacle I definitely would say that um, I came across was just dealing with myself, actually. So there's like a saying out there, something about about like you are your worst enemy. Yeah. Or like you're your biggest obstacle. Yeah. Um, I think that's true, especially for myself, because like I'm too chicken to just kind of like branch out into anything. Yeah. So like I'm definitely somebody who dreams big but i don't have the guts to be able to go forward and pursue something unless i know it's safe right um and i don't think that's necessarily a good thing because i think you should be able to take risks and chances on things even if you don't know what the outcome is because right. and you're gonna learn anyways right and so that was kind of like the biggest thing for me i needed somebody to like push me and actually which is kind of funny this podcast would not have been here today had it not been Dennis pushing Nancy and I to um, actually like go out and uh, really record um, our first episode and then also just kind of discuss what we could talk about for like a podcast. Right. (laughs) They just kept talking about it and I'm like, okay, well, this is write it down. That's the first step and you just kind of go He literally walked over with the book in hand and a pen. A pen? Yeah, it was a pen. Yeah. Can, pencil, pen. Pen. Okay. Pen. And then had us like stop talking. Just write it, it down. Yeah. yeah. And then that's how it got started with it, right? Yeah. Um, so that was definitely like the first like obstacle, I think. Well, which is just like facing yeah. yourself essentially. True. So which leading into will be like what second obstacle sort of similar to it is because you're well, we're afraid to fail. Right, right, failure. Mm-hmm. So then um with that in mind, um, I found it hard to really just kind of like put myself out there and announce my product to friends and family because um, I actually dropped um, pictures of the jewelry that I was selling at the end of November um, on my personal Instagram. And I was just showing everybody like, hey, this is what I'm selling. If you're interested, let me know. It's going to be priced at like $50 uh, for friends and family all the way up until end of November. And then after that, of course, prices are just going to go back to like normal price. We're, we're going to get a special discount still, right? If you would like to purchase, absolutely. <laughs> But Nancy doesn't even wear jewelry or like necklaces. Nope. So it's okay. I figured. I'm glad you know that it wasn't that I was trying to <laughs> Dennis not is pulling out his <laughs> his necklace. So you're saying you want me to buy those necklaces that she currently is right now for you? Why would you need to buy it for me? I can just buy it myself. <laughs> well, thank you. No, I knew that like I knew it was because you don't wear jewelry. Yeah. That's why you didn't buy it. But I know that that uh, what do I mean? I knew that the fact that you weren't purchasing didn't mean that like you guys didn't support. Does that right. make sense? Yeah, yeah, no, because that's actually one of my concerns, and I didn't want to just purchase the product and then just, end up just to, not right. wearing it anyways. I think that would like make around. me feel weird. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So I'm glad that you know that it's not that we were trying not. No, to. no, no. I definitely get that, and I think that was the other thing too. Is just kind of like I couldn't help but fixate on like, okay, who saw my story? 
who's oh. like engaging with the stuff that I'm putting out there because I really need to know if people if this is something that's like going to be I felt like I needed to know if this was something that people were interested in buying mm-hmm. um and so I felt I was just constantly checking my Instagram just pulling up to see like how many views did it get yeah um and like how many like how much engagement which I guess isn't bad because technically if you're selling things you want to know how much your engagement is right but I felt like my it was too point much of view was like fixated on just that, like right? yeah um just like the fear of like oh no I put it out there that I'm selling these necklaces but what if nobody buys it and then turns out like quite a few people bought it and it was actually quite an exciting thing to be able to get orders in and um like I was saying I know that definitely people out there who were congratulating me and saying like oh like you know hope your business goes well blah 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 but they didn't make a purchase which is totally okay because you don't have to make a purchase to to show support right and I hope anyone like listening knows that it's not that once again just want to reiterate it's not that I don't like the products that you know annie's selling i just i don't wear jewelry in general (laughs) but if i were to wear jewelry like the pieces that you do have do look great and especially if you're looking into something that once again is simple but then it's still like a nice design right right. and you can wear it casual or formal Mm -hmm. dennis looks like he wants to say something no i just uh (laughs) every time i think of necklaces on asian guys i think of it it's like a a Kevin Nguyen. Ooh, the stereotype. What's a Kevin Nguyen? What's like, that? Nancy, you're not. <laughs> oh my gosh. Okay, so tangent. Nancy does not involve herself in social media, so a lot of these memes, she's just not going to get. So viewers, Kevin Nguyen. <laughs> okay, you, are you not going to explain it to me though? No, what if you don't other deserve view- to know. <laughs> what if there's other viewers who also do not know what Basically, this Kevin Nguyen is? You want to explain it? Okay, so uh, a Kevin Nguyen is basically the uh, the other side of an ABG. Yeah, Asian. but like an F-boy. Yeah, for Asian. For Asian guys. Yeah. And it's funny because Kevin Nguyen is like a really common name. Like there's okay, so many so of them. I know that I am not that into social media, but I have seen like these, like what do they call it? Starter kits. Oh, for seeing, like. So what would be a starter kit for this? He's got to have a fade. Um, He like has chain necklaces and then like definitely like with like a buddha or something yeah with like a buddha like something jade jade yes something jade if not that then they're like chain necklaces and then uh definitely has an iphone (laughs) and then sorry (laughs) he doesn't have an iphone i know it's because dennis has an android because i'm um, not a kevin nuyen (laughs) (laughs) and then uh they definitely have um like sports cars well, or like fixed up cars and then they drink boba. Of course, they go to raves. That's a huge like Kevin Yuan trait. <laughs> and I'm assuming part of this is also they were in an Asian fraternity. Yes, 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 <laughs> yes, yes, yes. <laughs> Got it. Speaking of meals, um, are you planning on also extending your line to meals yes, as well actually, for so, the jewelry? Mm-hmm. Or or like it's gender neutral or how is it? Um, So I think, I mean, definitely, if you want to buy these pieces for yourself and you... Is this Kevin Nguyen friendly? That's what. That's my, my question. <laughs> I'm sorry to interrupt. Are you asking for yourself? I mean, if you... Yeah, are you asking for yourself? <laughs> no, I mean, if you want to buy it for yourself, absolutely, 100%. I can't stop you from what you like. You know, you, you have the freedom to purchase whatever you want. Uh, I think another issue, uh, obstacles that new businesses face, and I don't know if this is true, for, for you, Annie, but mm-hmm. I think back when we first started this podcast, well, you know, I bought the microphones or we bought the microphones mm-hmm. 
you know, we got the, the podcast thing set up, the roadcaster, and it's like, now we're putting money into this. This is real. For me, I felt that when we made this investment to start this uh, podcast, like, now we now we really have to do it. Now right. we're stuck. Did you, did, did you feel that you had that same kind of commitment once you started doing certain things or when you bought, bought things that you were committed now and you couldn't stop? Yeah, so um, that was actually one of my concerns with purchasing the materials to make the necklaces was that I was going to have leftover inventory and I didn't want that. Um, I mean, I could have easily just like given them away for free, but if you think about it, it's lost profit um, that like I could have like made money off of to at least pay for the expenses. Because um, if I'm looking at everything right now that um, I've made so far, I'm barely breaking even with um, just with like just the cost of everything essentially. Um, so there was definitely like a fear of like, oh shoot, like I really got to do it. But I think that that was a good commitment for myself mm. to force myself to like see it through, at least finish what I bought, right? And if yeah. it really doesn't go well, then you know, that's it. And yeah. there's something to learn from it, right? Because I can figure out like, okay, was I promoting this product in the wrong way? Or maybe it was like the wrong crowd or perhaps I wasn't showcasing like the photos, um, I'm sorry, the, the jewelry um, in a in a way that really sold the product because um, when you're selling your items you really want to make sure that like okay your target market they're really going to be able to capture the idea of what you're trying to tell them and mm -hmm. like you your hope obviously is to have them buy into it so there's a lot of things that like you can take into consideration but yeah I think that um, there was that fear of just kind of like oh shoot like I can't back out like I have to stick with this and I don't think for pockets like I would say that we feel stuck or at least in, for me Mm -hmm. um, I know when we first started, we were looking at like $30 mic. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we tried him out and then Dennis was not having it. He was saying, yeah, no, we're not. We're not working with this at all. It makes a difference. It, it does. It definitely does. And in terms of like editing, I can tell you like, yeah, it probably I, I it probably would be a lot easier i'm glad that we didn't stick with those even though our first thought was we're not going to put that much into it so mm -hmm. therefore this should be good for now yeah i think that's the scary part too it's like for example like with this podcast we bought um more like quality mics and then also the uh, roadcaster it's the same thing with like any business really like if you think about it sure you could make things or sell whatever it is that you want to sell with like cheaper items because there are alternatives out there but when it comes down to you going into like production for it you'll notice that like it would be better to invest in like in the long term right in the long term but i think that's a scary part too it's just like well what if it doesn't work out yeah but i think it it pushed you like it, yeah. it pushes it would push anyone once you make that kind of financial commitment it's like okay well i have to follow through with it now yeah while you know if you know, we didn't invest in the mics or like you didn't invest in the mm -hmm. materials to start. Like, would you have really gotten to where you wouldn't like where you need to be? Like, right. Yeah. So I think pushing yourself or making your that kind of commitment and forcing yourself into that awkward situation where like you have to do it really mm -hmm. helps like, you know, develop your growth. Yeah, I think that's a really good point. Um, and I think that just kind of goes back into the first point that I brought up with the obstacle of just like you yourself and like the fear that you face of just like failure. I think that you should just go into it. So what would you guys say in terms of marketing? Like for for me, I would say like my Instagram following, I don't have that many followers. Mm -hmm. And so like how, how what would you guys say would be good ideas to help market um, things if you go into a small business, if you don't have that big of a network in terms of friends and family? Uh, also... Because we're also, you know, just starting, it would be mm -hmm. great if, you know, if anyone else has feedbacks for us, because we also don't have the answer. Yes, we would love to know. But I think actually, uh, in terms of just like small business, like what Dennis mentioned on Instagram, Instagram is a great online
online social media platform um, that anybody can use. And it could actually work out to your favor if you know how the algorithm works and just really how to navigate on the um, platform itself. But with Instagram, I would definitely suggest using hashtag. Um, there was a new piece of information that Instagram just put out a couple months ago saying that like um, if you're posting reels out there, which are these like short couple, not couple seconds, but like almost a minute long um, videos on Instagram, if you wanted to be able to like promote your content that you're putting out there to not use more than three hashtags, which I thought was really interesting, but also it didn't make sense to me because like people use hashtags to find things. I swear I thought, I don't know if this is like way back, uh -huh. but I swear I kept seeing people use plenty of hashtags after oh, yes. their first sentences. Yeah. And I think that's what Instagram was trying to stray away from, which is basically like don't overuse the hashtags. But I still think you should use hashtags regardless for just like um, just regular posts that you have because it really just puts your content out there and it puts it in this whole entire like feed designated to that specific hashtag. Oh, okay. So that's a good way to like open yourself up beyond mm -hmm. like your network. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Annie actually started, I don't know if Dennis, if you know, but Annie started Instagram for our podcast. Oh, yes. Ooh, yes, I did know. I still don't know the Instagram name. Yes. Oh, my gosh. Okay, so let me pull it up here. <laughs> so um, our podcast actually is people underscore podcast on Instagram. If you guys want to follow us, please definitely do that. Um, that's where we're going to be putting out extra content and then also just promoting our podcast, essentially. So if you missed a podcast, then you'll see us on there and you'll know, oh, there's a new podcast out. <laughs> we'll drop a link in the description. Yes, we definitely will. Any other general tips as well before we and all of this that you know we could say based on our current experience because once again we're not pros at this mm -hmm. or anything you're still starting out i would definitely say know who your target market is you should definitely research which industry it is that you're trying to get into for your small business and uh definitely cross-reference with like 10 other small businesses or just other shops out there that are selling relatively similar products to yourself um so you can gauge at what like the price range is and um how you can price your products accordingly and, and then, then also like that's your competition essentially so right, you want to make sure that you're mm -hmm. you know at least on par doing something different right you can offer exactly and then i think you mentioned something earlier too nancy when we were talking off the mics but basically just like what sets your products apart um from other small businesses um i think that's something that's really important but if you can locate or if you can uh narrow down who your target market is i think that will definitely help you um know how to cater to that specific group of people more better um because you'll know how to cater your advertisements and which deals they're going to be more appeal to um, because with Gen Z being old enough to do their own type of like online shopping, whatever, mm -hmm. um, that's a whole different like ground of just sell like sales mm -hmm. and everything. Yeah. Anything you want to add, Dennis? Oh, yeah. Dennis should know. Know what? With like the whole like selling and stuff. I mean, we've all had experience in sales. Right. Yeah. Because Dennis, you also sell things. But his, his is more like randomly on the side. Is that what you mean by that? Yeah. I, okay. So basically I find price mistakes online. And so I'm buying things that are at a way cheaper price than what there would normally be on sale for and the regular price and I'll make a profit like that. Mm -hmm. So I've gotten watches that are $20, but I'm able to sell it for a hundred dollars. Mm -hmm. 
So it sounds like, again, just research. Yeah, it's just arbitrage. I mean, it's something that I think everyone, you know, I've I've always been like a deal hunter. I always mm-hmm. like trying to find the best that's deals. True. Like, that's just my thing. Mm-hmm. Like, if you tell me that you're looking to buy something, like, I will take my time out and I'll figure out what the price is for it. I'll track it. And then if there's something that comes up that's a really good deal, then I'll buy it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I figured, well, you know, this is something that I like doing. I love to shop for good deals and Mm -hmm. you know if i want to make some money off of it why not yeah so i think a good tip would be like you know make sure that whatever it is that you're going into for a small business is something that you like Mm -hmm. um that interests you already and that you know it's like okay the the cherry on top is i'm gonna make some money off of it uh i would say annie for your jewelry business Mm -hmm. do you think that you would start like a like a tiktok or something like that or a youtube channel where like you track like your day-to-day like oh this is like a normal day in like running my small business and stuff like that because i do see on tiktok and uh, other social media is that it's like you can generate a pretty good following Uh uh-huh yeah that's actually a really good point that you brought up because with tiktok just blowing up recently i want to say was it the past year or so like almost two years maybe um, probably longer we oh really probably just didn't Couple jump on years. the hype i guess so but anyways with tiktok just blowing up in the past recent years it's quite astonishing to see how many people have gained a lot of popularity and really like promoted just like their content whether they're um, creators or if they're like small businesses it's really interesting um and i did think about actually starting a tiktok for my small business just to be able to just showcase to people like oh okay like this is how i pack an order or watch me as i assemble i don't know a piece of jewelry or something um because a lot of people actually really like watching those types of videos oh really interesting i didn't know that was yeah. I know the packaging ones. I've oh, seen yes, on I YouTube. Oh yes, I love the packaging ones. Yeah, but I didn't know that like making the jewelry part is. Yeah, also it's pretty interesting because um, I think people are intrigued by how these things are made. Yeah, like how things are made. Like um, I remember seeing There's a TV show. Like you can watch. Like yeah. I think it's called How It's Made. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it's pretty interesting. Um, and so I did that did come across my like my mind when I was going through um, just like different ways I could promote because I didn't want to go on Etsy uh, right off the bat for my small business, actually, because oh. Etsy takes away, uh, I think, 30 percent. Oh, that's a lot. Yourself. I think it's 30 percent or something. Yeah. And I didn't want to go that route, although Etsy actually gives you great exposure for you to be able to like rack in a lot of sales. But I just think like I wanted to try Instagram, you know, for now. And then if I wanted to rack in like sales a different way tiktok would be another would be another way or just like utilizing instagram's reels well i don't know like i feel like with etsy i think it's a great platform for everyone to um start their small business i just don't know of i just haven't heard stories that say like you know people started the business in etsy and they grew out of it where like mm. they didn't need to use etsy so i feel like a lot of people they use those platforms and then they get stuck within it and i don't know in terms of growth i, I don't like, i just don't know but i just feel like maybe like that's that's it you're stuck there you can't grow outside of it that's true that's true i never actually thought about it that way yeah i don't i don't really know but that's a good point that you bring up definitely something to like consider okay well i think that's all the time we have for today's episode um thank you guys for listening appreciate all the returning listeners we'll drop a link in our description for our podcast as well as my jewelry line if that's something that you guys are interested in seeing all right and we'll see you guys next time Thank you for tuning in to People Podcast. Stay tuned for our next episode. If you have any questions or comments, please be sure to shoot us an email. See you next time.